This is Manifest Mindset, where we delve into our true passions, inspire the best out of ourselves, and live our life with true intention every single day. All right, welcome back to an episode of Manifest Mindset. Oh, Dick, it's been a while. How are you doing? It's been a long time, Bob. What do we got? Like almost, I mean, not quite a month, but it seems like it. I think it's been like two to three weeks since we last uh, last talked and had our um, had our last episode. How you been doing, yeah. man? I've been good, man. Um, and busy grinding out with the fellowship. Uh, July is um, not as crazy of a month as some other places have been, so that's been going good. Um, yeah, man, life is good. Been trying a little bit more surfing here and there. Um, surfing, still what? have. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, Officially gone out for the third time. Uh, not quite popping up yet, so still got a lot of work to do, but it's fun, man. Okay. Yeah, yesterday my um, I was we were planning on doing a podcast yesterday, and my phone went down, so I emailed you, and then you emailed me back, and I noticed uh, three new letters behind your name. So congratulations. Seems like you passed uh, those, yeah? Um, oh, yeah. Thanks, dude. Yeah. No, it uh, feels, feels great to have that OCS all done with, have it, uh, yeah, kind of officially certified now. Yeah, yeah, because I know we were in um, previous episodes where we were talking about it, building up to it, you studying for it, you took it, you talked about lessons learned, and finally it's the end of that, end of that journey of <laughs> getting that task done. So it's awesome. Congratulations. When did you find out? Uh, let me see. I think it might have been like two weeks ago. It sounds a week or two ago. sounds about right. Yeah, I think okay. it was at the very – it might have been like the last day of June or something like that. Yeah, how do I feel? Just another another thing off the checklist. <laughs> kind of. I mean, it. Uh, honestly, it's kind of weird. You know, you take this big exam four months before. You don't hear back till later on. It's kind of a strange mentality. Just um, like, oh, almost forget about it in a way. Like you're still doing your practice. You're still improving yourself in the same way. It's a little bit of a reflection of kind of how you were four months ago, but it's funny, man, the way it kind of psychologically affects you, right? It's like, oh, you get the result of the test and, you know, you haven't changed. You're the same person, but, you know, depending on the results of it based on the test you took four months before, you're either like, oh, yeah, I'm a little bit of a smarter person. or like, oh, no, I'm not as smart as I thought I was. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of funny how it works that way. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, so what's been new, Nick? Anything anything new in the past few weeks? Uh you know me, Bob. Uh, same, same old, same old man. Um, yeah, just um, dabbling in a little bit of surfing, giving that a try out here when we got some nice weather at the beach. Um, still grinding it out for fellowship. Nah, it's been good, man. Meeting some fun people along the way. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really uh, surfing. That's crazy. All the way, all the way from Mystica, New York, to California, learning how to surf. That's great. I love it. Well, I I can't say I've learned yet, but uh, we'll see what happens eventually. Okay. All right. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, man. So, what what about you? Any new adventures besides resurrecting your phone? Well, no. I mean, I, I don't know how my phone just went out yesterday, but no, I, I'm currently um, I'm actually in Buffalo right now, Buffalo, New York. Um, I'm doing my residency one on one hours. Yeah. Uh, currently so this is my it's a, it's a three weeks 150 hours this is last week was my first week i'm gonna go into my second week um next week then in a few weeks after that after that i'm gonna go to oregon uh, for another uh week to train wow so 
it's been uh, it's been busy. It's been busy. Um, normally, I'm just at my clinic grinding it out, but here it's like 50 hours every week, just going in and out, uh, staying as long as I can, and learning as long as, <laughs> as much as I can. So now, Bob, it's, where are these different locations you go to? You've got Buffalo, you've got Oregon. Any any others that you already know where you're going to be? No, it's just. Um, it's just three weeks, and I can choose between either one of them. So I might as well decide. I'll go to both. So I like it, man. Get the good learning opportunity out of it. Yeah, definitely learning opportunity. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest, I guess, takeaways for me this week, and I'll just go a little bit into detail of, of what the the one-on-one hours is. So just to remind everybody, I guess uh, anybody that's listening, um, I'm currently in a residency program, and Nick. Nick was in a previous, you were previously in a residency program. You finished, that was for OCS. Now you're in a fellowship program, which is a step, I guess, higher than the residency program. Um, and we get to, in the residency program, fellowship program, we get to work with mentors and, and basically we get trained under them. Um, I guess one of the biggest things, the biggest takeaway, you were sharing some pearls, and I, I think I'll share some pearls. Um, one pearl, and I think like the biggest takeaway for me is when you're treating patients. I don't know if this will make uh, any sense or a lot of sense to you, Nick, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's really not a race to try to get the patient like, as fast as you can kind of thing. Um, and I guess in the when you think of optimal care or quality care, it's like you, you try to get the patient as fast as you can uh, in terms of getting them better in the few as as possible without wasting too much of their time, without wasting too much of your time, and trying to really just not use, I guess, too much of the taxpayer's money kind of thing when I think of efficient care and and allowing them to to really reach their goal kind of thing. Would you agree with that, Nick? I mean, I think I've heard you lay out the background so far, Bob, but it sounds like you're about to... Lay, lay down something that's a little bit contrasting to this that I'm curious to hear. Well, yeah, well, so a big part of, I guess, right now with the, the MDT system, so the McKenzie Method system, is there, there's a group down in Florida. They're called um, IMC, and they're, they're super big on, on getting outcomes and basically trying to get the patient as fast as fast as uh, they can better out the door, cutting the, the the cost of private companies and all that stuff. Um, so there's this, I guess, kind of mentality of you always want to go as fast as you can, really trying to, if, uh, if the hips, if the back's not responding well, okay, go to the hip, uh, but make sure you roll out the back. But then for me, as I'm still learning the system, it's like I'm rushing and going different places kind of thing without fully rolling out the back going to the hip and then like i'm missing things so really making sure that you're taking the time to just not get lost by doing too much so i think that was the the one takeaway for myself um, because you I, know I, Bob, I really, yeah, go ahead. When, when i hear you talk about this um it reminds me a little bit earlier in my career where you know different mentors of mine and talking to them and you know very much they were saying that hey this is how I treat right now. But if I had a student working, I would not want them treating this way, right? Because they don't have the background of knowledge, the understanding, the experience. I want them doing this or this or this for the way that they treat. 
uh, than if I had a resident, someone right to that next level, um, a young clinician, a resident trying to learn a lot, I wouldn't have them treat like either myself or like the student. They'd have to be somewhere in the middle for their own process. And at first when I heard that, I'm like, huh, kind of an interesting phenomenon. Like, why wouldn't you just want to, like, okay, here's the best treatment. Why wouldn't you just want to do that? But you don't have all these rules and these understanding and parameters to fall back on throughout a wealth of experience that you just haven't built up yet. And there are definitely ways to improve that and to make that happen faster and more efficiently, but there's still not that background that you have. And just today, I started reading a John Wooden book. Bob, you familiar with the name John Wooden? John Wooden? Yep. Sounds like a guy that's a wood. No, what, what does he do? Okay. Um, he's a famous basketball coach. Um, he's okay. probably named by m- many people uh, one of the best coaches in the world uh, as a legacy. And, again, he, he's humble enough where he's not going to subscribe to that. But, anyways, he's an incredible example of a true humble leader. And this specific book that I was reading has anywhere from 30 to 40 people who have directly learned from him. So each chapter is a reflection of those people talking about life lessons that they've learned from him, different, um, yeah, basically just different lessons and things all along that way. And one of the quotes, and I feel bad now because I can't remember, I believe this was a football coach that he shared this. Um, I want to say it's Tony Dungy, but could have been someone else that he shared this quote and the quote, and again, I, hopefully I'm saying this directly. I'm not paraphrasing it too much, but basically it was the idea that winning validates methods, right? And that's in terms of an external validation. So you might have the method that you stand by, that you go by and, oh, you're not getting the results you want, right? You stand by your method, your treatment, your process of understanding it, of working with patients, and maybe they're not getting better as quick as someone else is getting them better. And, right, there's not the external validation by either the company or by, you know, the patient because they're not getting better as quick. But all of a sudden, once the methods are down, then you have to control all these other controllable factors and all the other factors that you can't really control may or may not align. All of a sudden, the methods, you start winning. And so then they're like, oh, yeah, 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 you're doing a great job with this. And you're like, well, I'm kind of doing the exact same thing I was, just reflecting and learning more as what I was doing a year ago. But there might be something different as you continue to refine that process and the method. So I think that's a great example, Bob, of, hey, you might not always receive the best results immediately the entire time. But stick to the process, grow from it, learn from it to help these patients now and more in the future. Okay. I guess to to really sum it up, it's like, Maybe you can clarify on, on that last part, Nick. Um, okay, I'm doing that's exactly the same as I was a year ago, but they're moving along better. Is that just from more experience learning from I, I, basically the past? I think that's probably partially from learning from the past and everything, but more so this idea that, hey, we have, we often look for validation, right? We look for this kind of, Am I in the winning column or am I in the losing column? And did I get the result I was supposed to get, right? Did the patient get better after three visits versus five? And some of those big full outcomes we can't always control. But that doesn't mean, right, if you have concrete objective evidence that let's say we need to treat the back for this in a certain way in a specific area, 
it doesn't mean you just abandon your method just because it hasn't received external secondary validation by somebody else who says, oh, I might have done something a little bit different. Stick with the process. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I, I, I'm just trying to digest what you're saying. <laughs> okay, okay. So. Um, let, let me try and say it in a little bit simpler terms here. You have in your residency, Bob, right now, you have your learning process that you've got to go through. And yes, you can expedite that by reading more, by applying more, by working with different and more mentors, by having more patience, having more reflective time. You can do things to kind of be a very coachable person in that realm and to expedite that process. And that will speed things up, but you still can't skip steps, all right? And that doesn't always mean that every single patient is, again, you'll adapt each patient, obviously, but that still doesn't mean that every single patient is going to be absolutely in love with everything you do, with all the different factors that they bring to the table. Every single patient is not going to give you that external validation for your methods. So, you know, you can have the same method with 10 patients, and three of them will become raving fans. Three of them are be like, eh, he was kind of whatever, right? And then the middle four would be like, yeah, it was solid. I got what I wanted out of this. Same method, same idea. And again, obviously tailored to the individual person in front of you, not just giving them the same exact thing. But the external validation, the end goal result of the culmination of a multitude of factors will look very different. And I think it's important for us to realize that, hey, yes, we should put some value on what the end result is, right? Because ultimately people come to us for their care. And we also have to put value in what was my method, what was my process, and not having the external validation based solely on one or another outcome. Okay. So, so uh, I'm just going to, I guess, reflect it back to you. Just to, make, just to make sure I got it, anybody that's listening got it. Maybe I'm just slow. <laughs> Maybe it's just been a long week. Yeah, or I, 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 I think it's probably, Bob, it's probably a time zone thing, dude, and you know, Honestly, those times after working with mentors, right, for a full week, it's, uh, it's a different brain kind of wavelength going on. Yeah, but, but it's like you're working through this process. You're learning the process. Just trust that. Just basically trust what you're doing. Trust the process. I mean, uh, as long as you're learning, as long as you're, I guess, growing from that, you don't want to really put too much emphasis on that external validation, but more so about the journey of working with this process. Would you be, <laughs> am I off the charts here, Nick? Bob, you have got the big picture down. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Thank you, Nick. For, right, right, uh, right. So kind of, my, my, way, my analogy to give you, right, is you're racing down a football field, right? You're doing a 100-yard sprint. And you're going, you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm exhausted, right? I don't know when I'm going to be done. Meanwhile, you're at the 25-yard line. And you keep going and you're running and you're gunning and getting exhausted. You're like, oh, man, this is tough. Like, I'm at 50 meters. I don't know when I'm going to finish this. Right? And I keep going. I keep going. I keep going. I'm like, oh, man. Whew. This is exhausting. Let me just let me just stand here and stop. Let me just ponder. Oh, by the way, I'm at, like, the 70-yard the mark. Right? I'm at 70 yards. I got 30 more yards to go. But, man, I don't know when I'm going to be done with this. I don't know when I'm going to finish this. Right? I haven't finished yet. Huh, maybe let me change approach. Instead of running and sprinting, let me do like a crab walk backwards, right? Let me do something different. No, dude, you're fucking sprinting. 
keep sprinting after it. Like, why would you change your approach? If you're doing it, you're seeing objective results, you're moving in the right direction, you're getting better at the methods. Just because somebody's like, hey, Bob, hey, Bob, yeah, meet me on the sideline. Hey, Bob, you haven't finished the race yet. You might have 30 yards to go, but you haven't finished the race yet. No crap, you haven't finished the race yet. That doesn't mean you start running in a totally different direction to flail your arms everywhere. You get where I'm going, Bob? I think I finally understand. Just, just stick right. with the running. Just stick with the running. Don't, don't crab walk. That's right. Right. There'll be time to crab walk in a different workout later, right? Yeah. Right now, if we're trying to run the best you can, Bob, you better run. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. makes, don't, 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 makes... don't stop in the middle of football field thinking you got to swim. No, Bob. That's yeah. swimming for another time, man. Another time, another place. It's uh, – I got it out. <laughs> It's, it's trust the process. What you're learning is, is just go all in with that. Sure. And again, I'm not saying, you know, keep evaluating where you're at, right? If all of a sudden you find yourself in a pool, good. Stop running. you got to learn how to swim now. All right. I, I think I think we finally made it to, to where I understand. <laughs> but but I like it. I, I like I think that's part of the pot process. You, you explaining something so um, valuable but also a little bit obscure, and then me just trying to break that down. <laughs> and, and, you know, Bob, here's, here's the entertaining part of this, right, is that we can say these things and have this education and these different processes along the way, and we think patients comprehend it, right? We truly, really deeply think that they comprehend it. But then what happens after that? We check with them. We assess it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think I kind of got it. And they come to the next visit, and all of a sudden we get on this next podcast episode, and Bob's like, yeah, man, I heard what you really said. I took that to heart. I joined a triathlon racing club. I'm like, Bob, I never talked about triathlon racing. What are you talking about here? He's like, no, no, no. Like, you, you talked about swimming and running. I got really excited. All right, Bob, good for you, man. All right. No, no, that makes sense. I mean, uh, we could also turn that into just treating patients as well. I mean, that's basically where you're getting at. Um, in addition to both the, the clinician perspective, but also the patient perspective. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, thanks for uh, sharing your uh, your words of wisdom again, Nick. I, I miss coming on every week just to hear you talk and uh, and learn from. But no, that's, you know, that's I always, great. I always find it fascinating, right? Kind of the what ramble happens to come out of my mouth at any given time with this, um, and where the conversation happens to lead us each time. Um, Bob, if you don't have anything to transition off this, I have a interesting question for you. Well, let's do it. But but first, uh, the, the rambling always turns into something like majestic. So keep on rambling, Nick. All right, what's oh, the question? Bob, even if you told me not to ramble, I still would. Don't you worry. <laughs> I love it. So I, I think you know each each week, each you know two or three week period, each podcast episode recently, we've kind of been focused on these individual little things, and whether this is a topic of conversation for today at this moment, or whether for the future. I'm really curious to pose this question both to our listeners out there, but then also especially to you, Bob. We talk about everybody has a lot of different versions of this kind of 80-20 rule, right? Okay. And, you know, something that's often repeated out there in the world that is usually 20% of your actions reap 80% of reward, 80% of results, where it's like, hey, what are the, what's the top 20% of things you do? to reach 80% of your success. And of course, you have to put in, you know, a lot of other things and effort to fine tune that because people just don't want to settle for 80. But I'm really curious, you know, 
again, this is probably different for everybody out there, but you think about your life, your success, um, you know, however, in the words of John Wooden, right, however you choose to define your success, because that's not just an arbitrary phenomenon, but you truly have to sit down and define, you know, what you're attempting to reach for your goals. It's like saying, I, I met my goal, but I don't know what my goal is. Well, that's kind of weird. Um, but anyways, sorry, getting off on more tangents here. More With rambling, this, more rambling, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> With this idea being said, what do we have to do to understand what's my 20%? What is the 20% of things that I do to feel like I've achieved 80%? And so, Bob, when you think about kind of your habits, your behaviors on a day-to-day, week-by-week basis, and you think about, hey, what are some of my goals in life right now at this stage? Just gut reaction. What do you think are some of the top 20% of things you do? Like these big, big foundational things that reap 80% of the reward. Yeah, I mean, I, I love it. I, it's, it's uh, the, the question is first, like, what is 100%, right? But um, correct. I, I like where you're going. But I, for, for me, the that 20%. I was just thinking about this, this this morning, like what what am I doing specifically every day? So I think really, um, I guess as as a big picture thing, putting myself on a track to move forward, uh, specifically like doing a residency program and then doing more after that. I feel like that adds so much. Just doing a residency program for myself adds so much to putting me on the train tracks of going to that, I guess, 100% area, um, which is 100% is where your goals are five years from now, 10 years from now kind of thing. That's, that's honestly my gut reaction. That was, that was what I was thinking of. Honestly, this morning, um, I was like, hmm, I'm thankful, thank goodness I'm in this residency program. It's really putting me, even with, with the efforts that I'm putting into it now, it's like really making 80% of, of everything move forward for me. Um, and, you know, it's, re- it's really interesting, Bob, when we have these things that, you know, for many people, it's not just one program or one thing that fulfills that at any one stage, but it's really fascinating both for you and myself in this way where it's like, okay, the answer to this is kind of this self-described program that, hey, I signed up for this, you know, whether it's a year commitment or two-year commitment or whatever it is, I signed up for this commitment that moved me towards that and the inherent accountability, the inherent lessons learned, the inherent mentoring time, the patient experiences, the kind of culmination of all that really does make it up. And if you and I are being realistic and truly reflective of this, you and I spend way more than 20% on just that. However, it's something that's so such a big part of our daily lives at this moment, at this time, that it's easy to say, okay, if I think of what, what is the one biggest thing, well, yeah, it could easily be, you know, hey, this residency program that I'm in or this spine fellowship program that I'm in right now, that kind of encapsulates, hey, if I do this and do this with my best effort and I close my eyes at the end of the day knowing I did the best effort I could through it, that is absolutely automatically bringing me towards that direction. Yeah, and, and I mean, for, for those that don't really have some specific track kind of thing like a residency program or a spine fellowship, but like you mentioned, like putting all your efforts into that, one thing, I, I mean, if you really think about it, just just the basics of it, um, for, for both you and I, it's, it's it's just showing up kind of things, like signing ourselves up, showing up, flying all the way to California, driving all the way to Buffalo, and just showing up. And, and I feel like that's that 
1% that makes up so much more um, of, of the whole thing. I think it's like one, 1% and then that contributes to all the 99%. It's, it's just waking up and then going there. <laughs> I don't now, know now, Bob, I, let's, let's break this down a little bit, right? Because not everybody has the opportunities, whether you're in a health field, physical therapy, or something totally different, right? Or you're in very different stages of life. Not everybody has the opportunity say, hey, I want to do residency or fellowship, or maybe they've already done that. They're above and beyond that. Let's spend a minute here kind of breaking down what we believe are some of the best qualities of these type of programs we're in and how we handle that so that we can make it more applicable, both right in a very selfish way for ourselves after we're done with these type of programs, but then also to help other people coming up through these ideas or for people who are totally in unrelated fields or how it's not feasible to do it. Because I think so many people hear, oh, yeah, you want to have a residency-like experience, but you can't do a residency? Uh, that's way too cheesy, man. It's like, hey, yeah. do you want to have a life success? There, there should be no but, right? It should be, oh, no, let's just have life success. It's not like, let me have life success, but you can't. No, you freaking can. Like, let's find a way to do it. Nick, let me, let me just clarify. So, so I'm at showing up. The one percent, ninety-nine percent. So, so I'm just saying, when there's opportunity that presents itself, just say yes to that opportunity and then just show up there. It doesn't have to be a residency program. It could be um, this this job offer that you feel like is out of your reach, so you don't apply, and then you just apply because you're like, okay, there's I'm, I'm still showing up. But then after you, you get you, you get rejected. Sure, but then after a hundred of those, you finally get that one. And the thing that that's what I really meant in terms of that one percent is is showing up, grabbing oh, whatever opportunity you can go I for. I hundred percent completely agree with you. Um, yeah, absolutely, right. Keep reaching for it. And I think what I was talking about was a little bit um, from a different additional perspective, where okay, we've got those things. Now with those things that we have and we value, what can we do next? Like, let's say that we don't have this, these different offers or we're not looking out there. And, of course, there always are these things. But let's say for whatever reason there aren't at this moment. But we want – we're ready to take action. We're ready to commit, right? What are things that we can do or others can do to create those type of opportunities or those type of action-changing habits in our life right now without changing anything else? That's a good question. <laughs> That's a great question. I mean, I feel like if uh... – if we had the answers, we, we wouldn't be here right now, <laughs> or I wouldn't be in Buffalo. I'd probably be somewhere uh, somewhere bigger. <laughs> um, oh, boy. Sorry sorry for all you uh, Buffalinians or Buffalites <laughs> out there. I mean, honestly, it's, it's if we go back to what we talked about two years ago when we first started this podcast, there's this quote that I always go back to, and it's uh, – I don't know – I think it was Jim Rome who said this, but it's an average of the five people you spend the most time with kind of thing. And that's just being around people that you want to be like. The the, the closer you are to a, the sun, the more hotter you'll get kind of thing. And that made any sense, but... Um, no, 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 Bob, from a physics standpoint, right? Proximity to heat totally makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It's, it's, and and I, I think, like, this this gets at, like, it's almost like a metaphysical part of that quote specifically, but I'm like, hmm, yes, we have that, right? The five people you spend the most time with, and that's a very active thing. And I'm thinking that for myself, right? It's like the quality of people I'm around, if I had to boil everything down, the quality of people I choose to be around, 
that is my 20%. Absolutely. We're like, huh. They are constantly helping me move, shape forward. But then we have to ask ourselves, what's the next level of that, right? Can I engage in that even deeper? So it's not just the five people I'm hanging around the most, but it's also if I was somebody else, or even if I was me, is the person that I am right now, would I be on my own top five list? Would I be in the top five people, in all the people I know, am I somebody that is deserving? I'll change my word, right? We're all deserving, right? All the self-love stuff that's important. But am I somebody that I would want to be on my list? I think that's a question to ask ourselves. And if it's an outstanding yes, right, maybe you've got a little bit too much ego um, that, you know, it can be yes, right? You can be all about it. But there are always things we can refine. If it's like a huge, like, oh, not a chance, well, that's a red flag and how you do different things in your life. For many of us, it's probably going to be somewhere in between. For me, it's like, I'd probably be like, yeah, oh, yeah, like 80%, 90%, totally, hands down. And there's like 10 20%. So I still got to refine that to really to really value that as deeply. Wow, that's that's an interesting question. That, that's a really self-reflective question of, of UI, I, like, I guess, um, not deserve, because, again, everybody deserves to, to – to yes. be there, right, kind of thing, but more so, um, am I personally, do I have, like, if I were to think what I consider Bob to be on the, the list of the five people that I wanted to be around, kind of thing, and then that's a really interesting question, and if... And, and more and more than the absolute, right, more than being in that winning or losing column, it's about, okay, where does that answer, and even, even if I don't have an answer to that, right, even the process of actively reflecting on that where does that lead me? Yeah, yeah, no, that, that that's a that's a very good question. <laughs> um, where where does it lead you, and then how can you aim for that? Because once you have that destination of where where it leads you, you can start working backwards and working from that. I really like that, Nick. That's a great question. That's a really uh, thought provoking uh, question. Um, I don't know. If you know, it, it's it's funny, where, right? Where I wonder, you know, how many times could we put tally marks down for the number of times you shared that quote concept idea on this podcast in different episodes repeatedly. And every time it's in a different context of conversation, a different flavor to it, a different perspective that brings up other things to it. And so, you know, absolutely. Right. Is when we talk about this whole idea of like manifest mindset, like manifest meaning, like, can we create, can we bring something into action? Can we do something? And then what's that core foundational mindset, right? I'd argue what's that 20% mindset to achieve 80% of where you want to go. Yeah, definitely. And I think that lays that part of it. Now, Nick, I, I mean, I'm sure you have your own agenda with that 20% for yourself that you wanted to bring in. Was that on the similar vein of if I were to ask you what that 20% would be? Very similar. You know, I'd say a lot of it's the fellowship program, um, but I'd say that's even for people that don't understand the intricacy of the specific situation that I'm in with it and how really blessed I feel to be a part of this. And it's like a very much a family community with everything there and all the quality people I have with it. I would almost be saying it too simply. For me, it's about the quality of relationships that I share with people. Right, and the people that I choose that I will actively welcome into my life, I would say the high quality people that I'm with. Um, in addition, like the people that I don't have direct contact with, that maybe I read books from them or something like that, right? For me, that's probably my 
because that leads me to a place of where I'm leveraging gravity, right? Maybe a little bit metaphysical here, not truly gravity, but I'm leveraging gravity towards this where I'm being called and pulled into something bigger than myself in a larger mission. And it's not about exerting effort to go there. It's about, no, I'm, con I'm being pulled and encouraged to go there. And so all of a sudden when it's like, oh, like, it's like, why wouldn't I want to do something like that or something kind of similar? And all these ideas keep kind of boiling in my head consistently throughout the time. And yeah. so I think it's really the quality of people in my life. That's a uh, very thought broken. You, you talk about gravity. I talk about the sun. This is uh this is that. <laughs> Actually, speak, speaking of that, right? Another little side thing you hear, not as uh, prophetic by any means. But I was getting ready for the beach, and I was like putting some sunscreen on and stuff, because well, you know how wet I am, right? Definitely need that stuff. And I was like, like had like the spray can. I'm like, oh boy, like it ran out way too early. It's like it's kind of funny and entertaining, like how fast you run out of sunscreen out in California compared to New York. Um, anyways, big difference at least for me. And, um, anyways, I was like, oh, good. Thank goodness I've got, like, a, a lotion backup here. Because it takes, like, way longer to do, but I'm like, oh, man, I cannot afford to get, like, crazy where I'm going to be looking like a red lobster out here. <laughs> what, what's the takeaway message from that, Nick? What's the, what's the lesson? Don't be stupid. <laughs> I love it. That's great. That's great. No, I, I thought that was a well-informed episode thanks thanks for coming on and talking um and sharing your thoughts it's, it's, uh, it's always a pleasure coming on absolutely bob you want to touch on some real fast accountability yeah i mean honestly i don't remember what my accountability goal was for the last time i talked to you shame um, on you no i'm kidding i think it was uh something about like reading or reading something oh i think it was reading my um my independent studies courses for the OCS. I, I finished that. That was long done. Um, so this week, um, by the next time I see you, so I have my McKenzie cert exam in, in uh, two weeks. So I nice. want to reread both the first and second manual, so part A, part B's manual, um, from start to finish by the next time I talk to you. Sounds like a very good plan. Um, for me, it was to... I had three recommendations to write for me was to start all of them and um, I have done that one I submitted that's completely done the other one I am in the processes uh, the process of final rounds of edits for that other than the other one I'm pretty early in the game for it um, but anyways accomplish that goal uh, then accountability for me for next time is to consistently ponder so once each day if not more that comes up naturally to spend a little bit of time thinking about, am I the kind of person that I would want to choose for my top five list? And just have a mental experiment to see where that takes me. That is crazy. I love that. I'm going to do that too as well, Nick. And I'll report back next week. There we go, Bob. All right. It was a pleasure. See you later, my friend.